This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. It's Mr. Van Pugh back again. One more time. Good to be back, man. It just took a while. I've been loafing. But the MLB All-Star Game was nice, at least a little bit I saw. I mean, it, it, it didn't waste any time. Kershaw... Otani got a hit off Kershaw, first pitch. He said that at the beginning. He's like, all I'm thinking about is first hit, first pitch. Just like a competitor, you know what I'm saying? Think about the next play. And sure enough, first pitch, first hit. And then Kershaw threw him out right after that? Then he struck out Aaron Judge? Man, oh man. It, it was fireworks. And then Shane McCallahan, which I had no idea. See, you don't hear much about Rays players until the playoffs. Yeah, I guess it's a small market thing. It, it probably is. But so I learned. But I learned who that was. I learned who Shane McCallahan is, and now I'm very intrigued. This guy can throw some heat. However, in the All Star game, he's getting worked. I mean, Acuna got a hit, and Betts got a hit. And then Paul Goldschmidt got a, a home run. That was crazy. And uh, my man from Cleveland, I think he like a second baseman or a shortstop. He had the little behind-the-back double play. That, that joint was vicious, man. I'm like, man, Cleveland got some all-stars. Ramirez, that guy, and then the, the closer guy that, that closed out the game. Um, the AL won again. It was just like last year. Where the NL came out fast and then the AL just, or was it, I think last year might have been the other way around. Where the AL came out fast and then the NL tried to make a comeback, but then the AL just held on. But this time, the NL just, that first inning was sick. They didn't score after that. Man, that bullpen in the AL, Hendricks, that guy from the Blue Jays, the guy from Cleveland, they was just throwing heat. Them fellas was nice. They were like that. And it was it was a joy to watch, man. Soto didn't do anything in the actual game, but he did do something in the home run dirt. And Juan Soto is your 2022 home run derby champion. As a Nats fan, it has been a miserable two and a half years. And I will get to that later. But Juan Soto winning the All-Star game. Juan Soto winning the Home Run Derby brings me joy. It put a smile on my face. It made my night. Well, that and Kane's coming to Waldorf. <laughs> Man, now I don't have to go to Richmond. Hey, Waldorf is just 30 minutes. Richmond is like two hours. Anyway, so happy that Juan Soto won. He should have won last year, but he lost to Pete Alonso, which made me sick. My Mets friend, Ben, let me know about it. But, of course, he was quiet when Pete Alonso choked against the youngin, Julio Rodriguez. Honestly, when I saw Julio Rodriguez first round, I was like, oh, this kid is winning it all. I don't even think Juan Soto can beat him. But somehow, some way, he ran out of steam and Juan Soto beat him. But I'm glad he beat Pete Alonso. Silence the Mets fans. And also, I could tell on Twitter that all of the NL East fans were united in not wanting Pete Alonso to win again. Because it looked like he just takes it way too seriously. And I thought that was going to backfire on him last year. But it didn't. This year it did. Or maybe Julio Rodriguez was just that good. And that's another person I got introduced to. I really should have went to that Mariners versus National Series. I would have learned a lot. I would have got to see some really good players and I get to see when 
I get to see why. I get to see why the Mariners have won so many games. Like, they're pretty much the opposite of the Nats. They won, like, 16 straight and only lost, like, one game in, like, the last three or four weeks. Where the Nationals, they've won, like, two games in the past three weeks. I'm not even kidding. And guess what? None of them were against division opponents. Wait, let me let me think about that. No, one was against the Braves. The last game of the series. After we lost the first three. Trash! And you know that. But I'm so happy about Juan Soto winning. He went against Ramirez, who... He's in the same position as Juan Soto, looking for a new contract. He got it. I guess Cleveland fans are happy. He's an up he's an up and coming star. But I knew Juan Soto was going to beat him. I was like, nah, he's not messing with Juan Soto. And then Pujols upset Schwarber. I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, I I did the little home run derby bracket, and on that bracket. I went pretty much unscathed, except I had Schwarber beating Pujols. I had I had Pete Alonso beating Julio Rodriguez. I didn't think Julio Rodriguez was really that good. He was amazing. Oh, he's going to be an all-star for years to come. But, you know, he's going to be like Juan Soto looking for that big contract. Now, we'll see what happens with that. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, we're going to get to the contract. I promise. I promise. But, yeah, it was fun. And then, yeah, listen, love Albert Pujols. Love what he has done for the game. But when it comes to the home run derby, he had to make way for the realist. And that is Juan Soto. See what I mean? Listen, you can be an OG. But when it comes to the realists, you're not messing with them. And that's on everything. Now to the Nats. Now about the Nats. Oh my God. They trash. Once again. In case you didn't know. Trash. Just garbage. They are the worst team in the major leagues. And this is just, this is tough to watch. You know what? I've decided. I'm only going to go to these three more Nationals games. Okay, I'm going to go to this Cardinals game because I got to see Goldsmith. I got to see Goldsmith versus Bell. That's going to be a sick first baseman matchup. Uh, but I already got tickets to Phillies and Nats in Philly. Hopefully we win and I go 3-0. 3-0 of... 3-0 in games, 3-0 in Nats versus Phillies games in D.C. I don't know my record of Nats-Phillies game in D.C., but it's not good because every other time I go, the Nats lose. I, I don't even know what to say, but this team is right. Two games. How do you only win two games in like two or three weeks? I don't even remember the last game they won. Outside of the Sunday game against the Braves. Which blows me because I went to the Saturday afternoon game and it was packed. It was it was so many people. I was like, do these people not realize that there's going to be a storm later on? That was the most people I've seen at a Nationals game in I don't know how long. I, maybe it was the promotion. Because they were giving away... Juan Soto bobbleheads, but you had to be like first 1,000 people. Yeah, no. I, I couldn't do that. I was doing lift. I probably wasn't going to catch it anyway. And it was just, in my section, there were a lot of women. And there were a lot of Spanish women. The Washington Nationals disappointed all them ladies. Game over. Come on, man. And this game was funny because it was competitive. It was 0-0, but then second time in the order. 
Matt Olson hits a three-run homer. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go again. I think this was a Paolo Espino game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we, we, we don't have a good rotation. I'm just letting you know. But then I was like, Austin Raleigh's coming up. I was like, watch. They're going to go back-to-back with it. He hits a foul ball. That was almost a home run. I was like, okay. And then the next then the next pitch was like a strike or a foul. And I was like, okay. He he's still gonna hit it out of here. And then I think a pitch or two later, boom. Moonshot. I was like, see? I just smiled and laughed. I was like, see? Told y'all. The Nats tried to come back. Because Juan Soto and Josh Bell are just unbelievable and have no help. And they cut the lead in half. But then we just let Austin Riley and Matt Olson dominate once again. And, um, yeah, and Dansby Swanson, too. They just killed us. Acuna didn't even play. His replacement, Harris, killed us. He scored. That was just one game. That was the game I was at. But it's just been frustrating baseball, and especially the last three weeks. Hopefully they find something coming out of this all-star break. They're playing the Diamondbacks in Arizona. That's that's the type of series they win. You know, a below-average team, and they're on the road, and we're on the road. That's the type of series we win. So I can see them finding lightning in the ball in the bottle. But then, you know, we got the Cardinals next week because I'm trying to go to one of the games. And we're going to go against Mr. Goldsmith. And we about to get smacked. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But we about to get smacked. I'm telling you, man. Being a Nationals fan right now is a miserable existence. They lose and they lose and they lose. They're one of the worst teams in the league. And then on top of that, oh, oh, and not to mention that the Mets and the Braves are two of the three best teams in the NL. That's just that just blows my mind. Um that just so annoying makes me not want to watch baseball, but Here I am watching more baseball than ever. Hopefully, this period of the Mets and the Braves being this good and the Nats being this terrible, hopefully, this is only a short-term thing. Hopefully, this this little phase only lasts another, like, two years at the most. I'll give it two years at the most. Hopefully, we're done with that eventually, and then the Nats come back and show that they are the realest. But what are they going to do with Juan Soto? So his contract, right? So apparently it leaked out that he was offered a 15-year, $440 million contract. Immediately I thought, why would he turn that down? That's a lot of money. But then I thought about it a little bit more, and I'm like, 15, 440. 15 goes into 45 three times. That's about 29 million a year. I was like, what? Doesn't seem like huh, 29 million don't seem like much. I was like, that's kind of a short change to me. And when it comes to star baseball money, I'm like, I feel like he could get more. And I went on spot rack and I saw. I think I did this literally during the baseball game or before the baseball game. And I was like, and I saw that in 2023, $29 million, there's like three people making $29 million. I forgot who it was, but I think maybe one of them guys was better than, than Soto. Maybe one. And then the top earning outfielders, of course, Mike Trout with $37 million. He making $37 million this year. I think Juan Soto 
wants more than $37 million. From what I heard, he wants more than $37 million a year. But I also heard that the contract isn't even $29 million a year. It's staggered. It's $25, $26, and then at the end, it's like $30-something million. It sounds like he can get more money than that. And I'm just like, here we go again. We're about to let another one go. But this one, I'm kind of torn about. Because, listen, we got Juan Soto now. He's come out of his little slow start. A little later than usual, but he come out of his slow start, and he's had a great July, and he's hit, and, and overall, he's hit 20 home runs. He's been unbelievable in the month of July. He had a hitting streak. He has a hitting streak. I'm, I'm just not sure that, you know, whether we pay him or not, I don't have the confidence that this team will put, that this front office will put the right pieces around Soto and make us a contender again. That's what I'm worried about. I would love for Soto to get paid. I would love for him to stay in Washington because I can't imagine the Nationals without him. But at the end of the day, what is going to be around him? That's what I'm worried about. Just a bunch of prospects and up-and-comers or some legit major league? I don't know with this Elijah Green kid. That's the, That was our first-round draft pick. You know, from IMG Academy, he's an outfielder. I I don't know what he's about. I don't know how good he's going to be. He drafted number five, and looking at our history of first-round draft picks, it's pretty good. They usually hit. But I don't know what he's going to be. And then also we drafted, I think, Jake Bennett from, from yeah, from the Sooners. Yeah. We drafted our... I guess our second best pitcher on OU that went to the championship. Oh, I'll take that. We got him and Kay Cavalli. So we might have two Oklahoma Sooners in our starting rotation in the future. That's lit. We better win some games. That's great and all, but we better win some games. Also, in the later rounds, they got somebody from Tennessee and they got somebody from Texas who was second-team All-American and first-team All-Big 12, he hit beside the player of the year in the country and in the Big 12. And the guy from Tennessee was on a team. He batted 355, and he was on the best offensive team in the country. That would be great if they pan out to be great major leaguers. That would be great. Maybe they can. Maybe that will be some firepower around Soto. But, I, you know, it's not looking good, man. They said they're going to trade him. They're open to trade him. But the problem is, well, I don't know if this is a problem, but they say they're not open to trade him. Okay. They said it's unlikely that they will trade him before the deadline in the beginning of August. So we just stuck in limbo until the season's over? So there's a chance that we might lose him for nothing? Here we go. Here we go again. Uh, you know, uh just like the other guys, he's sponsored just like the other guys, Soto agent is Scott Boris. And the Scott Boris versus the learners thing is always something. And you know, usually it results in Usually it results in our star player leaving. Shame. Shame. I heard Turner is a free agent and there's a chance he could come back. But what if this ends up like, I don't know, Scherzer and Schwarber where they end up being free agents after we traded them and they just end up going to our rival teams. I would hate to see Trey Turner with the Phillies or probably not the Braves because they got Swanson with the Phillies, the Mets, or even the dang Marlins. This scene trash, man. And this Soto thing is just depressing. I guess I should enjoy Soto while I can. Because unless there's a change of heart or a change of ownership, which 
could happen because the learners are trying to sell the team. They're open to selling the team. I mean, unless a change of heart or a change of ownership happens, bro, Soto is probably gone. And we are rebuilding. I don't know how long this rebuild is going to take, but man, this sucks. <laughs> and then, you know, another insult to injury, another, yeah, another insult to injury is the Orioles went on a long winning streak. The Orioles are back in the wild card race. And then they got the number one pick. Bruh, this man, it's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. But I'm about to sit here and keep watching and listening to the games. What am I doing? It'll all be worth it when they win that second, third, maybe fourth World Series title, whenever that happens. But this sucks. This has got to be the lowest of the low. This is just as bad as last year. Oh, boy. Man, what's next on this list? I, I've never talked about the Nats so much in my life. Uh, okay. I might as well get to this Summer League thing. So I watched one Wizard Summer League game. And that was against Jaden Ivey and the Detroit Pistons. It was a very entertaining game in the fourth quarter. And maybe even late in the third. Because, like, Jaden Ivey was absolutely destroying the Wizards. Nobody could stop him. And then for whatever reason, Isaiah Todd closed out on a Jaden Ivey 3, hurt him, and then he was just out for the game, and we haven't seen him on the court since. Jaden Ivey was having too much fun and was making it look easy. See, that's how you make it look easy. That's that's a GOAT level principle, just saying. He was having way too much fun. He probably would have went for 30 against the Wizards. They could not stop. It. But I was like, see, we can't even we can't even close out on shooters, right? The Wizards are trash. And then on top of that, the Pistons went up like 25 after that. With Jaden Ivey out, they went up like 25. I was ready to shut that game off, and I did. And then then I took a peek back at the game, and then all of a sudden, it's a 10-point game. And then the next thing you know, it's like a three-point game. I'm like, whoa. And and then I'm out here watching this game and, and being in tune with this game. Like, it's a regular season game. I'm like, wow, this team is really fighting. I was, I was sitting up there yelling at the TV like Bradley Bill and Porzingis is playing. These guys, these guys played their heart out. I'm trying to see who was on this. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it right now from this game right here. Uh, Yeah, Jordan Shackle. I think that's how you say it. Shackle. Shackle. Jordan Shackle, yeah. 24 points, four rebounds, two steals. And then the the guy that was really cooking was Jordan Goodwin, 20 points. He had 20 points. It's two for four from three. Bruh, he was jacking up a lot of shots. It seemed like he was. Man, them brothers was playing. And they did a lot of this stuff while Johnny Davis was on the bench. Johnny Davis just looked like a guy out there. And everyone is freaking out. But I'm just here to tell you right now, don't freak out. It's just Summer League. I didn't really expect him to play that much anyway. You got Barton ahead of him. You got Kispert ahead of him. You got freaking um, DeLon Wright. Did I say DeLon Wright? You got DeLon Wright, Barton, Kispert. I mean, it's a crowded backcourt. Bradley Bill. Bro, it's a crowded backcourt. Okay? He wasn't going to play that much anyway. And this just confirms it. But this is just year one. 
when he was with Wisconsin in year one, he ain't do that much. He only had like seven points a game. And then the next year, he ends up being the player of the year. Obviously, he needs some time to develop. And I'm patient. I'll wait. I'm cool with it. Give him some time. He going to be fine. Especially if he's a defensive-minded player. If he's good at defense, I'm with it. I'm definitely, I definitely don't mind watching him grow slowly. And the way injuries be happening in the NBA anyway, we, hey, we might need him at some point this year. Listen, don't freak out, man. Don't freak out. Y'all, y'all freaking out. He, he going to be just fine. Or he could be used as a trade chip to get Kevin Durant. But, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I doubt that's going to happen. But let's relax. Let's get him around the guys. Worst case scenario is he ends up on a go-go and he ends up being a trade chip and he's gone. Best case scenario is he's the sixth man of the year or he steps up and plays alongside Brad. I, I don't think he can play point guard. He's more of a two or three. But best case scenario is he can play beside Brad. Or can take over the team when or if Brad leaves or gets hurt. Like I said, worst case scenario, he ends up on the go-go or he gets traded for nothing. Uh, We'll see, though. We'll see. Just just relax. We're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. But, yeah, uh, Jaden Ivey is very fun to watch. Keegan Murray won Summer League MVP. I mean, he put on the show. He was great. But he's on the Kings. They don't have good history of developing young players. And when they do develop said young player, they don't win. And then they end up leaving the team. Look at Bogdanovich. Look at Cousins. Look at Buddy Hill. Isaiah Thomas. Uh, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Uh, okay. The caps are still all cap. But, you know, with their their draft picks, uh, I guess their draft picks are okay. But, listen, they let both of the goalies go. Now, we all know that was the weak part of our team, but I didn't expect them to let both of them go. Uh, Ilya Samsonov is somewhere else. And they traded Vitek Vanacek after trading for him from Seattle. When Seattle picked him up in the expansion draft, they traded for him. Now they're trading him to the depth. It's a shame. He's, he's with the Devils now. So now he's got to get that workout. <laughs> he's got to get that Orange Theory type of workout. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to get that work, man. He is going to get that work playing against the Capitals. I feel bad for him. Because you are messing with the realist, Alexander Ovechkin, and his main man, Nicholas Backstrom. And you got your man, TJ Oshie, too. Bro, y'all in trouble. Y'all can't mess with us. You got you got our backup goalie. <laughs> You're still done. You in trouble. But, you know... We was all worried about our goalie situation. We was thinking, you know, they're either going to draft the goalie. That didn't happen. Uh, it might have, but, you know, it was in the later rounds, probably. Or we're going to bring up some goalie from Hershey, our minor league team. Or we're going to get some big free agent. They end up getting a big free agent. They got Darcy Kemper. And I just looked at his Wikipedia. It's just a lot of uh, injuries. Even in the playoffs, he was injured. 
but he's a pretty good goalie. He's definitely better than what we had in the past. Now, if we, now if he can stay healthy, we'll be fine. If he can stay healthy. Could this be the missing piece? I mean, we had to do something. We had to do something. We had two years of VTech and Ilya Sansonov. And it has got us bounce out the first round. Both times. And to be honest, we were close to beating Florida. Florida was who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Maybe a better goaltender will help. Because the window for our core is shrinking. And they are getting old. So we need to really just really take advantage of this limited time we have left with these guys. Because it's coming to an end. And it's a shame that we keep wasting it. We keep wasting these guys playing years getting bounced in the first round. Got to get that goalie situation straight, man. Got to. Because this is not good. This is not good at all. Oh, man. I guess I could talk a little bit of NBA here. The KD and Kyrie thing is annoying. I I just don't know what to believe. Kyrie, does he want to stay or not? Does he want to go to the Lakers or not? And why are the Nets asking for these outrageous return packages for both KD and Kyrie? It's crazy to me, man. I just wish we get it over with. The more and more I hear about this stuff, the more and more I realize that these guys might not get traded to the trade deadline. Like, these guys are probably going to be nets. Because the asking price is ridiculous. Come on, man. They want star players and picks. I'm just like, yeah, good luck with that. I'm just like, man, they just, we just need to get this over with. This is ridiculous. Or just say, you know what? We're keeping them. Make them, you know, make them like say they don't want to play and just find them to death. Because this is ridiculous. Now, the, DeAndre Ayton thing. DeAndre Ayton. So Indiana, see, he's a restricted free agent. So Indiana matched his contract. See, this is what happened with Otto Porter and the Wizards. The Nets, before they were any good, decided to, I mean, before they got Kyrie and KD, they decided to offer Otto Porter. I, I don't know how much it was, but basically the Wizards matched. And I wasn't sure that the Wizards would match, but they did. DeAndre Ayton, Indiana Pacers match. I mean, Indiana Pacers gave him an offer, and then the Suns matched it. I think it was like four for 133 or something like that. Uh, Ayton was looking for more, but, you know, that's what the Pacers offered. And no one really expected the Suns. Or maybe people were split on it about the Suns matching that offer. But they did, and they got Aiden back. Cool. Now, will they get KD? Uh, You know what? They paid Aiden. They're paying Chris Ball. They gave Devin Booker the max. So I'm like, where is there room for KD? But, yeah, they got Aiden back, so I guess they do see the importance of having Aiden on their team. Uh, But they also didn't want to let him go for nothing. You know, maybe once again, maybe they'll trade him before the season's over. Maybe they'll trade him halfway through the season. Don't be surprised if that happens. But, yeah, I mean, the Suns are definitely a contender. I'm not sure what the backup plan was. I'm not sure what they would have done had they uh, let Aiton go. Were they going to go free agent list? 
where they're gonna trade for one of these up and coming rookies. I I don't know. That that would have been interesting for sure. The Donovan Mitchell thing. I thought I heard that Utah was gonna build around Donovan Mitchell after trading Gobert. Well, actually, actually, that's just a report I heard or saw on TV. My initial thought when they traded Gobert was they're going to trade Donovan Mitchell too. You might as well just blow the whole thing up. Your ceiling is the second round. You're like the Cowboys. Your ceiling is the second round. On God. So I guess they weren't willing to pay Mitchell the Supermax. So I guess, you know, the rebuild continues. So they're looking to trade Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks. It would just be poetic for Donovan Mitchell to go to the Knicks since he's from the New York City area and that's his team. It would just be poetic for a New York kid to end up back in New York playing for the Knicks in the garden with Jalen Brunson. That would be a great guard combo, but I haven't heard any good things about it. Because everyone's saying they're undersized and don't play defense. Yeah, that may be true. But, you know, they can, if they put the right pieces around those two, it, you know, they can make it work. They can make it work. Even the Hawks went to the conference finals with no defense. I love Ice Trade. Ice Trade a game, they don't play defense. I, I'm just serious. They, they don't. Their guards don't play defense. Like, they got, you know, they got DeAndre Hunter is a very good defender. Clint Capella is a pretty good defender. But Trey Young, no. Kevin Herter before they trade him, no. Bogdanovich, uh, no. So, it's like, so they would be just like them. But I think they can make it work. They can make it work. Now, will they do anything past the first or second round? Nah. Ceiling is the second round once again. <laughs> it's not even the second round. I think it's the first round, even with those two. Oh, well, them two, and then maybe Julius Randle. Okay, your ceiling is the second round once again. But it would be interesting. I would love that storyline of Donovan Mitchell going back to New York City. I'd love to see it, and I kind of hope it happens, even though that means the Wizards have to play them more often. And, you know, the Wizards just um, didn't do well against the Nets, the Knicks at the end of the season. Well, no, actually, I think they split. I think they split. But that last game when Obi Toppin had, like, 35, that scares me. No, that can't happen. And then you add Donovan Mitchell to that? Oh, we might, I don't know. We might win one game against them a season. Oh, that would suck. Remind me of the Carmelo days. <laughs> oh, man. All right, real quick, the Golden L standings. Uh, Golden L standings, that's my hypothetical uh, trophy that goes to the worst spring DC professional sports team. And so far, coming in last. I you know what? It's over. They're not they're they're not gonna get anywhere near the Golden L trophy. The Washington Mystics, the only winning team on this list. They're 16 and 11. Their season ends like next month. Listen, it's a wrap. They're, I'm mathematically eliminating them right now because they're literally the only good team on this list. They won again. They beat the Minnesota Lynx. They punished Miss Ariel Powers. They they put the strap on her. They put the strap on her. She shot like five for 16. Yeah, uh, I got it right here. I got it right here. So they only gave up 57 points against the Lynx. And where where is it? Yeah, here it is. Here it is right here. Aerial Powers, 5 for 16, 
11 points, plus minus, minus 13. And she has been on a roll, but they punished her. I miss her. I still miss Ariel Powers. I wish she was in D.C., but she had to get that work. She had to get that work a few days ago. I wanted to go to that game, but Young Money is putting in work. I couldn't do it. I forgot they had Natalia Chanwa. I forgot about her. She's amazing. One of them uh, Notre Dame women that that looked good. But um, yeah, we got them up out of there, and I'm glad that's a good rebound because before then we lost to the Phoenix Mercury in humiliating fashion. I mean, Maisha Hines Allen got into it with Sophie Cunningham who always seem to get in the middle of something. I mean, she's just, I just don't know. Like, she's like the Grayson Allen type, except she's better. Oh, yeah, she's been pretty good lately, too. Every time I turn around, she's scoring 20-something points. And once again, she scored, like, 20-something points against the Mystics and hit a big three to close the game against the Mystics. And I'm just like... Wow. And then, of course, she was yapping at our bench, talking trash. I'm like, can we play them one more time, please? I want to shut up Sophie Cunningham once and for all. I love her game. I love how feisty she is. But she is doing against the the Mystics. She was doing this against the Mystics and winning. No, we can't have that. Can't happen. I'm sick. But the Mystics are doing okay. They are out of the Golden L race. But I'm I'm still going to mention them. I'm still going to talk about them. But they, they're out of this race. There's no way they're going to get this Golden L. Now, coming in third place, barely, is the Washington Spirit. Only because they drew their last matchup on Sunday, a game I was supposed to go to at Audi Field, but the price went up. You, you know, you know what happens. You know, I'm a master procrastinator. So I told the Washington Spirit Twitter account, they DM me, they followed me and DM me and said, We need to see you at a Spirit game real soon. So I was like, Okay, I'm going to be there this Sunday. And then I kind of waited. I kind of BS. Tickets were 25 bucks. And then I tried to buy a ticket the day of. It was 46. I was like, nah, bro. Nah. Nah, I'm good. It's still not that much, but I was like, uh. And then it might rain. It might storm. I don't want to get caught in a storm because it's like a 25-minute walk to the metro station. And I made a lot of excuses. So I didn't go. They tied. They didn't even win. They tied. Very disappointing after winning the title last year. I'm not sure what they're doing over there, but their social media team is on one because I guess they got a bunch of people to show up to that game. So they they doing something over there. I mean, being at Audi Field helped too, but yeah. I promise to make it to one game before the season's over. I promise. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. (laughs) They said said on the herd that uh, the Jazz wanted six first-round picks for Mitchell. (laughs) Bruh, these return packages are ridiculous. God dang, just don't even trade the guy. Good Lord. Anyway, man, oh, boy, Washington Spirit, please get it together. You are too good to be sitting up here with one win, seven draws, and five losses. What are you doing? Get it together. Get it together. If I'm going to come to a game, need to be winning. I'm probably going to come regardless because my, my, you know, my gullible self, well, not gullible, you know, my dumb self keep going to Nationals games. So why not? <laughs> so why not go to the Spirit? So. Now coming in second 
is DC United with a 5-3 and 11 record. They have five wins, three ties, 11 losses. And they just lost another game. Another one. 2 nothing at the hands of Minnesota United. They are just as frustrating to watch as the Washington Nationals. Just as frustrating. Just when you watch them, they struggle to get any type of attack on offense. I sat there, see, I didn't get to go to the Columbus game because I was being cheap. I didn't really have any money. The Dallas trip killed me. So I couldn't go to the Columbus game. That was just like the um the Washington Spirit game. I kind of waited to the last minute. And all of a sudden, I don't have money to buy the ticket. I should have bought the ticket 4th of July weekend. But I didn't. So I didn't get to go. I watched a little bit on TV. And, you know, it's just these guys were loafing. Like, okay, I'm not going to lie. They played a little bit harder. But what I forgot to talk about, what I haven't talked about, because I did this show right before this happened, that 7 nothing loss to Philly. Bro, I knew it was going to be a bad game when the dude hit a bicycle kick to put them up 2 nothing. I was like, even I was oohing and on at that. I was like, oh, my God. We cannot stop this team. It seemed like Philadelphia Union lived on our end of the field the entire first half and they destroyed us it was five nothing at halftime i was like this has got to be rock bottom it was so bad they had to call wayne rooney to save them yeah that brother's starving (laughs) sad they done made wayne rooney the coach now i know when he was playing here He got us to the playoffs on some Michael Jordan to the Wizards thing if only Michael Jordan didn't get hurt. But now he the coach. Bro, I don't think this is going to work. At some point, you're going to need some talent. Now, we traded for this guy from Columbus. I mean, I guess, bro. I mean, they they just won an MLS Cup, and they beat us. They almost beat us twice. The only reason they didn't beat us the second time because we had that last-minute goal. I think it was taxi. I mean, we tried to put Columbus on the taxi, but, you know, we ended up in the tie. It's it's okay. We got that last-minute goal in stoppage time. Saved the game. Saved the points. But, you know, I'm afraid we're screwed. Maybe next year we get a full offseason with Wayne Rooney, and let's see what we can do. Because, I mean, I, I guess they're desperate. Because we're in last place and we just lost 7 nothing. I know Philly is good, but they're not that good. Because for freak's sake, I watched them versus Columbus right before that game. And it was a 0-0 game. They looked like an average team. And they, and they played against DC United. And they looked like, good lord, they looked like FC Barcelona in a prime. You, you you can't be serious. But that's okay. You know, that that's a start. But, you know, I, I already talked about our first place team, the Nationals. They trash. But they are leading the Golden L standings. It's going to be a tight race between the Washington Nationals, the disappointing Washington Spirit, and D.C. United. It's going to be a close race. I don't know who's going to win. The Washington Mystics don't even even belong in this conversation because they have an actual chance. They're not only going to make the playoffs, but they have a chance to win it all, even though they're going to they're going to get a tough first round matchup. They're pretty much going to be the fifth seed and they're going to have to play against whoever comes out of that that top four, whoever the worst team out of that top four. We're talking about the sky. The Aces, who they beat the Aces twice already. Uh, the Sky beat them two out of three. Uh, Connecticut beat them two out of three. And Seattle, we got a doubleheader against Seattle coming up pretty soon. I might go to one of them games. It's kind of weird. 
because one game is at 12 o'clock, I think, on the, that Saturday, which is the same weekend that the Nats are playing the Cardinals. So there's options there if I want to go watch some, you know, D.C. sports. But they're playing Seattle 12 o'clock one day and then 3 o'clock the very next day. I'm not even kidding. What a weird schedule. But if we can somehow get two wins out of that, we might sneak up in fourth place. But I don't think they're going to get any further than fourth place. And then they're just going to be – they're not going to be cannon fire for Chicago Sky. I think they can challenge the Chicago Sky, uh, assuming that the Sky will be number one. Because the Aces are falling back. They just got they just got spanked by Atlanta when I should have took that bet because I already knew that the Aces being a 12-point favorite just didn't make sense to me when Atlanta wasn't a bad team and they were probably at home. So I was like, you know what? I, I didn't do it. Procrastination wins again. But, you know, I probably wouldn't have won that much money anyway. But the fact that I would have been right would have been, you know, would have brightened my day. But, you know, it's okay. Golden L standings. It's a shame. Three teams. Dumpster fires. (laughs) But I still keep watching it. I just can't leave them alone. (laughs) Like Sierra. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. All right. All right. Last thing. Uh, I'm going to delay the hypothetical, which is 2017 OU versus 2012 Texas A&M football. Johnny Manziel versus Baker Mayfield, two Heisman Trophy winners. I'm going to delay it till next week or whenever I do the next show, probably next week. Um, I'm going to delay that, but I'm going to give you this GOAT level combo, which this week it is tell yourself you're the GOAT and embrace yourself. No matter what happens in life, You are the greatest of all time. Look in the mirror and say, you are the greatest. You must marvel in your greatness. You must walk and talk like you are the greatest. Embrace yourself. Embrace your body. Embrace how you talk. Embrace your faults. Embrace your strengths. Embrace your weaknesses. Because you are the greatest of all time. Greatness is all we're on. Hey, that's it, man. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about it. You know? Walk like you are that person this week and just just do me a favor and just be that guy, be that woman this week. That's it. That's, that's all that's it, man. That's that's all I can say about that. But you know, interesting a little awkward into the episode, but you already know it's the end of the episode. Goatlevelteas.com for everything GOAT level, it's never too late to get on a bandwagon. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. And you're going to respect the bird. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.